You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright, the power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California, and I'm so happy you could be with me because we have none other than Mr. Medium himself, James Van Prague with us. And he is going to be telling us about how to get through the holidays, especially when we're missing someone that recently has passed. You're going to learn some really terrific and amazing things on this show tonight. And I got to tell you that I was so impressed by James. He is so real and so personal, such a sweetheart, and his energy is so full of love. What a wonderful man he is. But before we bring James out, I just wanted to comment on a few things. There is so much happening in the world. It's hard to know what is the truth today or if it's just hype. But the good news is I know that we are all researching out what the media is telling us so that we can come to our own conclusion. You know what? I think this shows that we humans are just not that gullible. In this day and age, we are only inches away of discovering the real truth. This shows how brilliant humanity really is because we no longer settle for just bits and pieces of the truth. We all go deeper and find out the real nitty-gritty of it. And we turn out to be the ones who have the more knowledge. We're not dummies like some people want us to be. So I just want to congrats all my fellow human beings for researching out and finding out the truth. And you know what? When you hear the truth, you'll intuitively know it's the truth because we are learning in this day and age that we can't really depend on any information flowing to us. We have to depend on our intuition saying, yeah, that's true, or no, I'm going to dig a bit further. That's what it means to be human. For the first time, we're not just accepting any information flowing to us. We're sitting there going, okay, does this feel right? Or do I need to research a little more? That is how brilliant humanity is. And I'm so proud of us. So keep up the good work. Keep on researching. And don't settle until your intuition is filled. You know what? I had a great time last week. I sent out a blast email to our huge list of listeners, and I offered them, as a Christmas gift, 
a hypnosis session that is normally $175 for only $75. (laughs) Well, I was busy to say the least, but I didn't announce it to my listeners. So now I'm going to put this out there to my wonderful listeners. If you want to focus on a particular thing that you want to have happen in 2022, then let's do a session for just $75. If you want to find love, great. If you want to prosper in your job, terrific. If you want to have that child, perfect. Or start that new business. Let's do it. I will be sending you a recording of just the hypnosis session so you can play it back over and over to literally cement that desire solidly in your mind. That is the desire that you're shooting off into the ethers that will create your reality for 2022. So if you really want to create a terrific 2022 and prove to yourself how powerful your mind is, then I want you to send an email to Gina at loamedia.com. Gina, G-I-N-A at loamedia.com. She will set you up an appointment and... It will be during the next week. I am only offering this now to my listeners for the next week. And based upon what happened last week, you better jump on it right away. So you can have a private session with me and get your desires plugged in completely for the year 2022. Also, along that line, if you have not signed up for Law of Attraction Radio Network's email updates, you're missing some great information. Like, for instance, we're in the process of planning Law of Attraction Radio Network's cruise in 2022, in April to be exact, and also an event in Las Vegas. So if you want to be informed of all the happenings, plus all of the new exciting shows coming out in 2022, well, do yourself a favor and sign up for the email blasts. We only do maybe one or two blasts a month because we don't want to overload any of you. But there's so much terrific information on special subjects that our show hosts talk about and they're very, very special guests that I'm sure you don't want to miss out on. The wealth of knowledge coming from our radio show hosts, well, it's mind-blowing. Now, 2022 will be a smooth ride for all who can get your mind centered and focused on obtaining your dream. Every show host on Law of Attraction Network wants you to bring about amazing manifestations. And they are so willing to help you if you simply be present. The wealth of knowledge being put out through every show is amazing. And it's going to keep you in the place where you're able to manifest everything that you want and more. So what are you waiting for? 
make sure that you sign up for regular updates at loaradionetwork.com or lawofattractionmagazine.com. Sign up for your regular updates and I can promise you, you will keep your mind centered in the manifestation mode. And believe me, we all are going to need it for 2022. And don't forget to contact Gina at LOAmedia.com to sign up for the $75 hypnosis session. I'm going to tell you, you're going to be happy you did that. So anyway, let's get on with tonight's show. It's here, it's hot, and it's a must-read. It's the science behind The Law of Attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. That's lawofattractionmagazine.net. Well, welcome, James Van Prague. I am so excited to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Am I, I lit okay? Have you seen me all right? Yes, you look great. Fabulous. <laughs> I'm in my office. <laughs> oh, yeah. At the beach, no less. Yeah, in San Diego. So it's a nice office, yes. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. I have literally followed you for, oh, gosh, I guess it's been about 25 years. So could be. I've been doing this for about 36 years now. So, yeah. Wow. Time goes by fast, doesn't it? It does. And now you have got a school. I do. Uh, that you are teaching people how to connect to those beyond the veil. Now, that's powerful because that's something we all need to understand is important right now. Wouldn't you agree? Very correct. Very correct. And, and it's really interesting that people, I find that most people, Still, I mean, things have changed. The consciousness has, has shifted, of course. It really has. Compared to when it first started in the early 90s. Um, it, it's different. But everybody has doesn't know enough yet about mediumship. And they mix up psychic or and mediumship. And it's two very different things. So I, I, part of my legacy, I'll say, is developing the school. I always wanted to do this online school. And I wanted to put in there um, information that would help a lot of people across the board and really from all areas of the world. So um, the online courses that I have there, and there are 65 videos per course. That's the average. Wow. I get homework, and I'm, I'm very passionate about mediumship and the, and the work that I do, healing work. So this course on healing is a course on psychic, psychic portals. I mean, that way, 28-day transformation for those people that want to pass stuff, get rid of their stuff, and come back to their authentic soul self and know who they are. So I have, you know, I was going to be a therapist in life. I was going to be a psychotherapist early on, early on, and um, so I'm, I think I do a little bit of that with my mediumship. So putting that in the courses, and it's a whole array of different types of healing courses, certification courses. Right now I'm working a writing course, which will be out next week. Wow. So I had to write a book and I walk, I really, it's a four month course and I walk everyone through the process on their system. So it's a whole array. It's called the JVP school of mystical arts. Now you, 
it, I think it's important right now that that we learn how to do this because we really, I think, are moving beyond just our 3D world and we're understanding that there's so much more that we don't see that we need to know. Yes. The, the, the only difference between us and the spirit world, their souls are incarnate in the body and their souls just outside the body. And all around us are worlds, there's realms, there's energy. As we know, there's, um, we're this three-dimensional world, but there are radio waves, television waves, microwaves, gamma rays, x-rays all around us and rays of energy, yet we're not attuned to them because they're a different frequency. And I think it's important for every person to at least become aware of their intuitive self, their soul's self. And because, um, you know, intuition means into the soul. It's the soul's voice, if you will. And I think when people are attuned to their intuition, that gut feeling, um, then they can make better choices in their life. And, and I always say that life is a series of choices, either love or fear. And I think if people just knew that and they knew how to resonate in their intuition and feel it and go for like, a, let's say a new job or a relationship or whatever it might be and using their intuition and working that intuition, they'll, they'll only choose what's right for them because it's important, sweetheart, that you know, most people that I meet that I teach, they're so in their heads. Yes. They become so programmed in life from an early age that we get programmed. You got to do this to be loved. You got to do this to get A in school. You got to do this to be accepted by society. So people become so programmed in that way that they, and those people pleasers. They want to please somebody. They want to yes. be approved. They, they only get love if they do this. So I find that in midlife, people, many, many people, many clients, many people, most people I find, find that life is empty in some way. And, they, and the reason why is because they're not living their own truth, they're living someone else's life, not their own life. So what I'm doing is kind of reminding them to reprogram and get back to their true self. That's and important. what other people think of them is then their business. It doesn't matter what other people think. <laughs> yeah, I like that. But so, so you're saying that our own emotional issues are blocking us from getting into our correct intuition in order to contact or connect. Not only emotional, but you know, other things too. Traumas from the past and childhood, you know, traumas there. Um, emotions, you could say that. You know, I see the energy, the body as an energy, a flow of energy. And when there's, let's say, an emotional experience or a trauma that happened in childhood, um, or, or whatever it might be, in a relationship or a self-worth problem, we have to release that because that, what that does is we hold on to that emotional charges. It blocks up the energy from flowing. So it kind of dams things up. Yeah. And if we let that sit there and, and rot, I guess would be a strong word, it'll create a, um, um, an imbalance in the body. And there's no easement, so that creates this ease in body, mind, spirit. So we want to make sure that we're very open to that. And, you know, it's really important. This is a really good way of seeing it, help me. If people could just change their perspective and look at themselves as a soul having an experience, not the other way around, and kind of get to a space of observation. Okay, this happened to me for a lesson for my soul to grow. That divorce happened for that reason. That breakup, um, my son passed away. These are all lessons for the soul to learn. And if we look at it that way, you know, we're human. We have to have the human experiences. But if we step back and we become very objective and watch it, it'd be a lot easier. <laughs> wow. So, in fact, we are kind of our, the, our own worst enemy. Without a doubt. <laughs> Without <laughs> a doubt. Oh, Without good. So we got to change the mindset a little bit. Okay. And, and your school helps yes, to do that. So we become aware of some of those issues that perhaps we've even forgot about. 
What about? Hey, also, we do a really important one is forgiveness. Because oh, a lot yeah. of people hold on to stuff a long time ago. They can't forgive. And mostly families are a big learning tool. Some of us also have this group family stuff. And they'll do dynamics. And I find a lot of people can't let go of stuff that happened many, many years ago in their family. The dynamic is strained or stressed. And that's a great learning tool, really. So it's changing the perspective. Wow. Wow. So we are in this new phase where we're willing to learn more about the world. The ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. So now, can I ask a question about that? Yes. Thank you. When, When a thought or a person pops in our head without us even really thinking about it, is that a sign that they want to, like my dad's always popping in my head? So, so what that means is, you know, this is really funny. It's very interesting. And I, I like the way I, I portray or spirit portrays it through me. They say that the soul is 80% out of the body and only 20% in the body. So there's more really? of us out of the body than in the body. And the soul is the mind. It's part of the mind. The mind is the soul. The soul is the mind. So after passing, after physical death, the release of the spirit, right? More gets integrated into that bigger mindset. And what happens is our loved ones love us so much, they come around and watch us all the time. They're aware of us all the time. It, they're not living in a linear world, so they can come in different ways. So what's going on is they will send you thoughts telepathically from, from their mind to your mind. And they'll send you a thought of themselves. They'll send you a memory. They'll send you a feeling. So like I always tell people, you know, you're driving a car and all of a sudden you think of your dad or your mother's pops in your head. It's not you creating it. It's usually them sending you a thought. Wow. So when your dad does that, have a conversation with him and let him fill that space, that mind space above you. And you could easily have a conversation telepathically with your dad. Everybody can do that. So it's really the kind of the first step to getting your intuition going so that you can connect. Yeah. The first step is, is trusting your intuition. It's trusting yourself. Ooh, trusting yeah. Yourself. And opening up that space around, like, your head, like, you know it's your dad, but they're mostly with those things, your dad, they, they're making this up. So they, they got to get to a space of um, trust of self and really surrendering, surrendering their mind, opening themselves up to the possibility that it is indeed a spirit friend, family member coming to them. Because that love never dies. Love like life never dies. Wow. So <laughs> let me ask you, because we're coming up on the holidays. Oh, and- lovely time, isn't it? It's wonderful, but but so many people feel the loss of of their loved ones. How can we feel better? What would what would your suggestion be? Well, loved ones always are around during the holiday season. More than they're there, they're there observing things. They're with you. Um, I often tell people to let's say uh, Thanksgiving dinner to set another place at the table for them and they're there and have a conversation with them. Um, Christmas time, buy them a gift and have it under the tree or whatever, or, or Hanukkah. Have it under the tree. It's just, it's just, you want to you realize they're not dead, they're still around us. I also have another exercise, I talk about this in school a lot, where I have the person, if they want to contact their loved one, especially during the holidays, to write them a letter. <sighs> write them a letter, and then you fold it and put it away in an envelope and put it in your desk or someplace. And on your calendar, write down response like a week later. And you sit down at a week later's time and you set it up. And you put out a piece of paper and you write a letter from them to you in response to your, your letter. 
It wow. Was. Wow. That is a great idea. I never thought of that in a million years. That is so really cool. Well. It works really well. Oh, I'm going to try that. <laughs> so, so when you started this, was it a natural ability or something that you developed? Both. So I, oh. I start, and most mediums are that way. Most, most, uh, you know, good, genuine, authentic mediums, um, it, you're born with that in that, I think everybody's born with the ability to play the piano, but not everybody's a classic pianist. So you have to have that foundation, first of all. So as a child, I used to see spirit all the time. I used to see spirit around people. I used to see colors and lights around people, known as the auric field. I remember when I was like, seven years old, I was saying prayers to my mother at nighttime. And I said, Mommy, who are those people at the end of the bed with lights on? And she said, oh, those are God's angels. You see them too? I saw them when I was a little girl. Nothing to be afraid of. They're there to help you. They're from God. They're loving. They're loving. I said, okay. So I never was afraid. So I had experience as a child. And um, then it stopped in my teenage years because other things happened, like puberty. And <laughs> my mind was elsewhere. Yeah. And I really wanted to be a, a sitcom writer because I'm funny. As you can see. And I thought I was from New York. I went to California to San Francisco State and had a broadcasting degree. To make a long story short, ended up in Los Angeles and Got a couple of things um, sold, a couple of, a couple of pilot, uh, scripts, if you will. But then I went to, a, I was working at a talent agency, temporary job, and a lady said, do you want to go see a medium? And I said, oh, I don't know what that is. She said, someone talks to dead people. I said, yeah, I don't believe in that. Didn't really have a sense of it. <laughs> <laughs> so I went, and I, and I walked into this room, this apartment, this, this gentleman's medium from England. He said, oh, you're a medium. And I said, what? And I just moved there from, you know, I was a New Yorker, I was a cynical New Yorker and person. California landed fruit and nuts. I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Isn't this so perfect? So he said to me, in two years' time, spirit people are going to use you. You're a medium. In two years' time, they're going to use you as that. And I thought this guy's crazy. But he did bring through details and evidence of my loved ones that passed over. So that got me fascinated, opened me up like, wow, there might be a possibility that this stuff is real. So I went to a place called the Bodhi Tree Bookstore, which you probably are familiar with the Bodhi Tree, right? From Los Angeles on Melrose. And I went every Saturday and I just pulled books out. I was like a sponge. I couldn't stop. Meditation, near-death experiences, UFOs even. I was psychic stuff, life after death. I couldn't get enough of it. And I'd sit there all day breathing. And I used to have a bonus shoot. That like is bound read, you know. So I, I ended up um, meditation, meditating. I meditated just to get, you know, for I, I understood that it was, you can visualize your future and it helps you to do that. So I would meditate not knowing how to. And I would just work with the breath and then about the breath and I visualize myself as a TV producer and writing things or whatever it was and writing a book. And I this is for the media. Show. So temporary jobs, um, I'm going to do a bunch of series of temporary jobs, ended up at Paramount Studios. And um, one afternoon, my coworker went into a cubicle and behind her was a dead lady, a spirit lady. And she looked right at me and she telepathically said, that's my granddaughter. Tell her her grandma's fine in heaven. I'm alive and I love her. And then she told me this whole thing about um, Idaho. I had a house in Idaho, yellow house with white shutters, and needlepoint, needlepoint. Tell her all about that. And I thought, wow, this is wacky. So I asked the coworker, and she said, that's my grandmama. And we made a, a pact that when she dies, she gets to heaven or whatever, that she'd come back and let me know she was okay. And every summer, I used to go to her house in Idaho that was with colors. And the last thing she did was taught, she taught me needlepoint, and we made a footstool cover together. Wow. And... Um, so I freaked out. I freaked out. I said, this is too crazy. Said, no. And I ran out of Paramount, never go back again. And I ran to my apartment and I was freaking out because I saw dead people. And this is back in the early 90s. 
And it was like, that. it wasn't talked about then. It wasn't really out there. And I didn't know what to do because I've never normal life now. Like, oh my God, what am I going to do? I see dead people. How do I live life? How do I do what I do? What I do? How can I, you know, continue to be a sitcom writer when I see dead people? So the, the only person I thought I could call would understand me and think I was crazy was that medium that I that had seen. And his name was Brian Hurst. And I said, Brian, I saw this dead lady and she's talking to me and she, the, the lady, her granddaughter understands everything. And he said, James, calm down, calm down. Okay? He goes, James, do you remember the prediction of spirit world day that you're going to be a medium? I said, yes. He said, James, that was two years ago today. <sighs> wow. Ooh, goosebumps. No, this is my life changed. And I went with him. He taught me a lot. I sat in development with, with Brian Hurst for many years. I sit every Tuesday night for an hour for seven years in the quiet to develop my abilities to, to develop that mediumistic uh, the power, if you will, to, to open yourself and expand and to be able to be discerning if you're hearing spirit voices, spirit people, and my own. So that's the hardest part of mediumship is it coming from yourself or outside yourself. Right. So, yeah, so I sat in development for seven years and I started doing readings for people and um, it got to word of mouth that I was busy for like three or four months booked out ahead, then a year, and it was all word of mouth, didn't advertise. And then a producer from Unsolved Mysteries came, and I was on their TV show. And then I was on a show called The Other Side on NBC. It was a morning TV show. And that was kind of the first big paranormal show out there. And it was with a man by the name of Will Miller was the host. And it was at 9 o'clock every morning on NBC. And it was a national show. It did, did really well for one year. I think it was before its time. But um, I was their number one guest, and that's when things went crazy. You know, then I was on Larry King, and that went crazy. And my book, my first book, Talking to Heaven, went from 6,000 initial copies that the publisher was going to be a stinker because it's like, no one's going to want to read the book the dead, you know. I said, that's wrong because everybody has these two common experiences as humans. We're born and we die. And people know a little bit about birth. But they don't know yet about death. So we want to give them more information. And that was act very accurate. And uh, anyway, the book went from 6,000 to 600,000 copies within a month. Wow. And number one for 26 weeks on a New York Times bestseller list. That, really catapulted me into the, the, on the world stage, I guess you'd say. Well, and not only that, be, I was surprised to learn. I mean, I watched The Ghost Whisper. Oh, but sure. I, I didn't know that you were the creator. I created that show. Oh, my God. So were those real experiences from Some you? Some were real experiences or based upon some real experiences. Um, we brought in a specialist by the name of Marianne Winkowski, who's a ghostbuster, basically. And she's from Ohio, and she would clear houses of um, earthbound spirits. Now, personally, and everybody has their belief about earthbound spirits, I don't believe they're so readily like portrayed in the show. There might be some emotional blockages, when we talk about emotional blockages, where, for instance, there might be, you say, a a young man past 24 years of age, and he grew up in a very religious household, and he was told that he's going to be, you know, a certain way, and if he doesn't do this, he's going to go to hell. Well, he might have lived a lifestyle that maybe wasn't acceptable for whatever reason. So he's afraid to go into the light. So that's understandable. Or let's say there's a man that um, is on his way to work, gets hit by a train, and he pops out of the body and it's like, oh, my wife doesn't know where the insurance papers are. So he might have to hang out a little bit and try to get to her. And just like the movie Ghost with Patrick Swayze, he stood around a little bit to make sure his girlfriend was safe. So those sorts of things do happen. Um, and that's the show was really based upon that experiences. Um, that's that's really what it was based upon. It was based on that. And at the end of every show, if you notice, my my thumbprint, I guess you'd say. Uh, and I told CBS when I when I did that show, because two two or three movies before that with the movies we did very very well. 
one with my biography with Ted Danson playing me because he looks so much alike, right? So, uh, and that did very well for them. And then Nina Tesla at the time was the head of CBS. She said, can you come up with a series? And that's really what we're based upon. And so I, I really created the series. I didn't get the credit for it because I didn't realize, and no one told me, you have to write the pilot in order to get created by credit. Um. So that was kind of screwed up. <laughs> no one tells you those sorts of things. But listen, it, it, it was a show, and my thumbprint at the end of the show, very good episode of Ghost Whisperer, she brings him into light. So she brings him with, into love and healing. And because I said it's very important that you leave this, I want to be responsible for what goes out in the air that goes into people's minds. That's broadcasting, and I have a broadcasting degree. And I, I thought, you know, we have to be responsible of what we put out in the ethers. There's so much stuff out there which is dark and fearful, fear-based. Still is, right, even more now. But so I want to make sure that, listen, I'm doing something with ethics and responsibility and that would really, people leave that show at the end of the episode in a high, in a, in a loving state. So they might get scared at the beginning or fearful, but then they go right into that loving healing part, which talks really about, I guess, it's a human life, really. We go and we get fearful and scared and we leave the body, we went that light. So, yeah. That that is so cool because I remember the sixth sense, it did get, give you a lot of fear. I, you know, this is a not, this is like off the table here, but um, I, I can't say for sure. But um, M. Night Shakur wrote that. Him and I had the same agent that was talent agency. And I had a book, my book, Talking to Heaven, and the agent, same agent, had that book. And M. Night Shakur wrote Sixth Sense. And my book is very similar to Sixth Sense. And I was watching Sixth Sense, I thought, those are my experiences. I used to go to the church and see people, I used to go into bed and see people. Wow. But it was always positive, loving things. I didn't see negative things or fearful things. And I think that they wanted to make it scary. Yeah. That's why they did success. But I, a great, great movie, of course. I can't, you just can't take away from that. The movie yeah. that really can correct was Ghost, though. I thought Ghost did a really great job at, at depicting that and that love never dies. And I just thought that was a really great movie. I gave it a standing ovation in the theater. I loved it. I loved it. So let me ask you then with Patrick Swayze going off into the light. Is that the real thing? Yes. Usually, usually the light is there or the tunnel experience or light experience, different level of consciousness. And it usually happens right away in that the spirit world is ready for you. They're waiting for you. There's a reunion. They kept their anticipating your arrival. So they'll set up your arrival. They'll be there at the bedside or wherever you're going to be. They were already set up for that. So you'll see someone that you know and you go right toward them because you feel their love. And before you know it, you're out of the body. And there's no pain in death. There's painless. And so it's like, wow, where am I? You're out of the body. So we do it every night. We go to sleep. We leave our body in dream state. The soul will leave the body every night, um, usually the crown chakra. So what happens is many times people feel like a, a jolt or they feel, oh, come back. Yeah. Because you're not leaving the correct axis of the crown chakra. So you come back in. So we go every night. We go to spirit world. We call a dream world, the spirit world, and we see our loved ones. A lot of people have dreams of their loved ones. That's why we see our guides. We have we see what's going to happen in the future for us in, in the linear world, the human world. So we work on lessons over there. We go to schools over there. We help other souls over there. So we work a lot at night, many times, or sometimes we just we don't. We just sit in families. So we do. We're very active in the night, in that night time. Um, yeah, and then we come back in the morning into the body, into the consciousness of the body. That's so <laughs> that, that is so cool. I love it. So, but before someone passes and they're fearful because of the unknown, uh, when they 
the moment they pass, are they feeling good or comfortable or? Yes. So, uh, so this goes back to, I wrote a book called Adventures of the Soul. And it's a, it's a really good book. It talks about death experience. And the reason I wrote that book, uh, Adventures of the Soul, was because I worked with a lady by the name of Debbie Ford. And Debbie oh, Ford, yeah. the, shadow, you know, the shadow effect, and she worked with shadow. And she was known for that. And we became very good friends for years. And, you know, she got me publishing deals. I got her publishing deals. We, we did different things with each other. We did a lot of events together. Um, she said to me once, can you help me? I have a rare cancer. Would you help me pass over when the time comes? Wow. I said, of course I would. So years passed, two years passed. And, and I was not in touch with her all the time because I was traveling. She was getting uh, chemo and different things going on. But toward the end there, I was very aware of what's going on. And she was actually in hospice. And her, good, um, her sister, Ariel Ford, is a good friend of mine as well, would say to me, you know, she's, she wants to speak to you. So I talked on the phone. She said, is it going to be okay, James? I said, yes, Debbie. I will, she said, would you help me? I said, I will guide you. I will guide you. Just don't be afraid. It'll be fine. Said, okay. I love you. I love you. Those were the best words. Two days later, three days later, I went to Palm Springs, right? <laughs> I came back and um, Ariel called me up. She said, she won't go. She will not leave. She said, the, the hospice nurse cannot believe it. She's never had a patient like this. And Debbie was very stubborn when she wanted to leave. Because my damn sister won't leave. Why won't she leave? Can you please find out? So I, I said, sure. So, so I went to meditative state. I went to this meditative state in my office. And it was really cool. Got in this level where I saw Debbie, beautiful Debbie. And I was talking to her and I said, it was like mind to mind again. I said, Debbie, why won't you go? It's okay to go. No, James. I said, Debbie, why won't you go? She goes, it's just weird. I feel like I've been given um, a, a set of keys for a car, but I don't know how to drive it. Okay. Wow. I have an 18-year-old son. I don't want to leave him. I said, but, you know, he's going to college. He's okay. Everything's take care. You're fine. It'll be okay. I said, Debbie, it's fine. And I was able to tell that the three men on the other side of the veil to come get her. One was a father figure, father, and then two friends of hers in Miami, which was later validated by sister Ariel. They had passed over. But I saw them. They're waiting. I said, Debbie, just feel like you're a feather just floating. Or you know what better yet? The Wizard of Oz, you know, the yellow brick road, you're going to Oz. But feel yourself floating by and love the love that's coming toward you. Will it be okay? I said, yes, just go for it. Relax, breathe into it, and enjoy the ride. And she said, okay, you promise? I said, I promise. Okay, I love you again. And that's it. Then what happened was I went to my living room, and um, I was watching television, and my husband, Brian, came in the room. Uh, oh, and it was freezing. It's like 15 minutes later, half an hour later. Freezing cold, ice, ice cold, all around. Oh, freezing. And Brian walks into my into the TV room and he said, Did you leave a door open? He's a double Virgo. Did you leave a door open? And I said, No, Debbie passed. And he said, No. So of course he checks his ear the door open. There was no door open. So he came back in the room and he goes, Oh, Debbie. And the phone rings and it was Ariel and she wanted to tell us that Debbie just passed. Wow. Said, oh, I know. So I wrote this book because at five o'clock in the morning, Debbie came again as Debbie would, and she was really strong about, please write down this experience, you gotta share it with people. So I wrote Adventures of the Soul, and she said, I feel so light, I mean, I, it sounds like a dress, like gauzier, gauzier wings, and I, I'm light, why did I worry so much? Why did I worry so much about what people think of me, about how my looks, why was I so put up with the human characteristics of the, my appearance, why did I waste that worry? And so I put I put all that in the book, and it, it's really interesting, because to have from, um, a colleague and who's very aware and yet she had that fear at the end and then from the point of view when she passes to the light she comes right back it's a good book and it's a good experience and you know she comes to me a lot in my workshops now she'll pop it on the plane ride and one of the plane she'll oh, Debbie, you're here she's yeah i'm gonna do a workshop with you I said, okay so, 
Wow. Yeah. Wow. That, that, that's our home. This is our school. That's our home. You know, I interviewed her once, and she's a very strong, strong person, very strong, strong and, and a little bit of stubbornness in there. <laughs> I loved her. I thought she was terrific. So what a terrific story for me to hear. I think that's wonderful. Wow. Wow. So there, the school, let's get back to the school because we, I just think this is something that we need. We do. That's why I developed it. So why did we come here in the first place? Is it, I just need confirmation. Why are we human? Well, that's a good question. Very good question. So number one, we're souls having a human experience. The better way of putting it. And the soul needs to learn to experience, to grow, to grow and expand. And there are different spaces and places that the soul can do that. So one of those schools, so there are many schools, and there are millions and millions of galaxies and planets and so forth. I mean, the spirit world once said to me, because I said, I asked them, I said, you know, some of my audience might want to know, where is the earth compared to, you know, on the evolutionary ladder? <laughs> he said, well, James, Think of the earth as a grain of sand on the beach. That's how immense it wow. is. Wow. That really put things in perspective. Like, wow. So the human world, earth world, they say, is a school. Mm, so sad. It's a school that is a very important school because there are, um, it, it's a place where souls from all different levels come back to. Baby souls who've never experienced human conditions before, learning about you know, what to do, what it's like to be human, so they're crawling, right? And then there are those light beings, those um, the postgraduate souls, let's say, that come back to heal, to help, to bring the consciousness up, to bring love to the planet, to bring love to each other. And then there are the middle souls, middle grade school souls, who are still learning too. So we come back to that experience of, of the human condition in order to learn about love, really, and, and whether it's self-love, having that relationship with ourselves, you can't love another person truly if you don't love yourself first. And I, the way I say that is I say love yourself more than anybody could. Love yourself more than anybody could. And, and, and it's really, that's what it's about. So we learn love in different ways and different aspects. And because you have these souls from multiple levels, baby souls, postgraduate, just because you have that, it sets up all these different scenarios with, and dramas with people. So mm-hmm. it forces us to go within sometimes to who am I? What's this journey of self-discovery? kind of forces us to look within ourselves and how we're going to choose this or choose that or do this or do that. So that's where we come back. Well, I love that because I, it is important for us to learn how to love ourselves. And that's so often neglected. I mean, we really don't even, we focus on being a victim. And instead, we need to find, wait a minute, let's go back to me. That's right. That's right. And, you know, a lot of people who are into this work, are sensitives, are impasse. And uh, one, of the, one of the courses I have in school, she says, it's a really great course. Um, it's Tools for the Highly Sensitive Person. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really strong. It's ways to recognize the energy around you, whose energy it is, who's stuck onto you. Because, you know, thoughts are things. So when someone thinks of you, you're the target. That thought goes right to you. That thought form goes right to you. And it stays with you until you get rid of that thought form. So I have ways of methods I talk about in this course about letting go of releasing foreign energy from your space. First, recognizing the foreign energy and then getting it out of your space. There are techniques and methods that I, I put in the course for that. 
So it's, it's wow. really good. It really works. And, you know, people come and say, God, you look so much younger. You have so much younger. Well, it's because I do these methods every day in the shower or in my meditation, and I'm in my own energy field. I don't have other people polluting my energy field. And I'm in the public eye, so you imagine. So after every show I do an event, I do I go through my whole my whole shtick of uh, you know self self care to the soul. Wow, yeah, that is so cool. Oh boy, I can see I I need something like that. I'm going to have to take that. Yes, because, you have to. <laughs> whoa, that's exactly what my issue is. I can feel it. Yeah. Oh boy, that's really good. Yeah, and a lot of stuff. It's not it's not our stuff. It's other people's stuff. They don't realize it. I once had. My, it happened a long, long time ago, probably 25 years ago. I was in an apartment in Los Angeles, and I did two readings a day. And the first reading, 11 o'clock in the morning, I got the space, all set up the, the incense and the music, and it was really nice. Like, ah. And the doorbell rings, and I open up, and it's this lady, and she's crying her eyes out. And I looked at the auric field she had, and it was rips and tears and holes and thrush, you know, shreds, I guess you could say. Like, like Pink Pen from the, the Charles Schultz comics. It's like, oh. And she came in, and I said, oh, please come in. And she sat down in a chair and she was crying. She said, I can't sleep. I can't make up my mind. I know what's happening. I'm depressing. A litany of things. And I said to her, it, she, and she said, what's wrong with me? And I said, it's not what's wrong with you. It's who's wrong with you. Whose energy are you carrying? So I started pulling out other people's energy from her space, not even letting her know I was doing it because it would be complicated. So I was just cleaning her out there. And when you clean other people's pollution out of your space, your light can expand. So about 15 minutes and 15 minutes, she said, are, are you doing something? Because I feel like well, it's off again. So, and she left higher than ever. She left fantastic. Back to her true self. And I gave her the tools that she needed to, you know, defend herself with other people's energy. Isn't that fascinating? And I bet a lot of people who are in psychiatric care are experiencing that. Is that correct? I would say that's a factor, without a doubt. And I can't say it's a total thing, but it's a factor that they have other people's energy. They're running, we call it running other people's energy. So they're running other people's energy, and that's what's going on. You know, a, a lot of us wow. who are sensitive do pick up other people's stuff without knowing it. I mean, also, you know, people that do, I can't say everyone that does crime or, or people that are alcoholic sometimes too, they'll pick up energy from if they go to these bars or stuff they don't be aware. They could pick up some wandering spirit who was an alcoholic who misses that feeling and will uh, uh, attach themselves to somebody to get that thrill, that high. They don't feel it like they used to, but they get the memory of it. So when someone drinks gin and tonic and they can feel what that would be like as a memory, and um, that does exist. So it's something to be aware of. To be so you really have to be careful. I would just be, be mindful, be aware. Wow. Wow. Yeah, and so does that happen to you now, but you have the tools to get rid of it? Yeah. Before I enter, I don't go to, I don't go to bars, but, but you know, any place I go to, including events that I do, because I don't know who's my audience. I don't know. And you know, my audiences, there are people that are very, some are depressed, some are very, they're grieving, they're desperate. So I have all that energy there. So before an event, I will go through at least 20 minutes beforehand backstage or in the green room, really going through these different ways of opening up myself, bring my power in, and really, I don't want to say the word protect, because it's nothing to be protective of, but I'm mindful of my space, I ground myself, and I, I guess you'd say enlighten my space, so I'm pretty aware, uh, and I'm pretty, I'm pretty connected, I'm pretty, I yeah. call it, you know, I, there was an old TV show called Get Smart, you might remember. Oh yes, I remember. Right? And they used the cone of silence, and they'd have the meeting. 
So I, I often tell my, my audience, oh, you can't get to me, I have the phone of silence around me. So, so it's true, you just, it's where you place your mind and be mindful of the space and the energy of the space. And that for a medium is important because you're dealing with that space that if the spirit people come into that space and speak to you, and again, if that's all flu with other living humans' energy, thoughts, you they're not going to be able to make a connection so strong because it'll be blocked. So is that something like called walk-ins? No, so walk-ins is Ruth Montgomery, they have that term. She's a journalist and an author and wrote about paranormal. That was actually the first book I read was Life in the World. Was it her book? Life After Life or something. She wrote a book about on the other side. And it was the first book. I'm trying to remember the name of it. No, I don't remember the name of it. But it was the very first book I read um, about Ruth Montgomery about the other side of life. And she talked about walk-ins that there are some souls in the living world, living world, that feel that like they're end of the mission or they want to leave, they don't want to stay in the body. So they leave and another soul comes in. That's what a walk-in is. And we had that in Ghost Whisper, by the way. Uh, we had a walk-in. They, the, the producers put that in. I left the show after two years, so they were going downhill. Oh. Uh, they weren't honoring my work. And they did that episode about a walk-in. They called it something different. And I went to one of the producers and I said, you can't call it that. It's called oh, actually a walk-in. There's a term for it. And the, the man said, believe it or not, the man said, well, just tell your audience, you know, that we came up with that. I said, you can't do that. It's like telling a judge to come up with a different name. You just yeah. can't do that. So that was a level of experience that I go through with Hollywood. It was very difficult. Spirituality and, and um, the television world is just like <laughs> train wreck. But, you know, <laughs> but, but yeah, walking, I, you know, I don't, I know, I, I wish I knew more about it, sweetheart, but I don't know enough about it to talk about it because I don't know. I mean, is there an aspect of the soul that leaves, another comes in? Is there soul fragmentation? That happens and then part of the soul comes in you know like i said we're 80 percent out of the body 20 percent in the body so it's it's so hard to say in this three-dimensional world there's such so limited in a three-dimensional world so we, like with our blinders on so it's so hard sometimes to talk about those other aspects because they're beyond the human comprehension in some way yeah yeah well if somebody wanted to walk into me i would say no way see ya no way! I I I need to learn here. <laughs> I got my own stuff. <laughs> When's your birthday? June fifteenth. So funny! I thought you were a Gemini. I said, hey, Gemini," because I know you'd love to pop in out of your body all the time. <laughs> but one good thing with you is grounding. I think you're pretty grounded, so grounding really works for you because that really puts you in your body. And Gemini's are like the, the you know the balloons. Of, or the butterflies of the universe because they go from one thing to another thing. They're able to do multitasking. Yeah. And that, that feeds the Gemini mind because the Gemini is ruled by the planet Mercury. It's all about the mind and, and communication. And uh, they have to communicate in different ways, Gemini. So, but they got to keep grounded because they're air. It's an air sign. So you got to be grounded to the earth. So some Gemini find it very hard to stay grounded because they want to be somewhere else doing something. But every single person should be grounded um, no matter what sign they are because you know, the thing is, we're, we're here to have a human experience. And, and we really want to be in the body fully to experience it fully, the good, bad, or ugly. we got to experience all of it fully. And if we're out of the body half the time, we're, not, we're unaware of what's going on. Now, I just turned 60, and I'm going to tell you, I'm pretty grounded. And I forget what day it is now, just to be my age. So it's like, <laughs> happens naturally anyway as you get older. But, you know, when you're in the body, you should stay here. And then there's one mention that comes into my mind. People that want to do spiritual work and they're so into this whole thing, there's a lot, a lot of ego. You've got to be careful of ego. Yeah. Some of these good people are so evolved and like, I'm so spiritual, I'm so spiritual. Oh, I can't deal with those matters of the earth. What is that about? And I say, no, you can't be so spiritually evolved 
that you know earthly good. Ooh, that is powerful. Yeah. That is so true, huh? Wow. <laughs> wow. Well, you must run into a lot of different people who are mediums. A lot. A lot of different people. I teach because I teach mediumship in the school. I teach um, different levels of mediumship, level one, two, and three. And for level three, we just launched that. Level three is you have to, be, um, uh, you have to audition, basically. I have to see how you work before I'm going to bring you on as a student. It was a pretty intense uh, apprenticeship with me. And so that has to be, they have to first have a great understanding and be, have the skill set to be a mediumship free. But, you know, I have three levels, one, two, and three. So it's a personal experience with yes. you. Yes. Holy cow. I bet you that is terrific. Yeah, I just finished a class of nine uh, mediumship free people in, and I had them come to California and for two days to work with them and see how they're doing. And they did a student demonstration. And I pointed out, you know, di for different people, different aspects and different ways to look at something and how to improve in this area let's look at over here so it was good to be with them at a physical level you know one-on-one wow. -on -one person gosh gosh your school <laughs> found sounds so terrific great there's a lot of great things in school yeah so even if people don't have the intention of being a medium but want to expand their intuition want to connect and that's what i think we're lacking uh, we're unable to connect so that's how come so many people feel lost would you agree with that without a doubt without a doubt they have no relationship with their own souls and looking outside themselves to fulfill themselves when really that's not going to work you first have to fulfill your own soul your own self you have to have that relationship with yourself first before you're able to get other things happening. And like you said earlier, a lot of people want to play the blame game, the victim card. And that's not what it's about. We've got to be strong within our, who we are and, and realize these are experiences. You know, we, we, we tend to blame mothers and fathers and, and partners. And, you know, we've got to take responsibility for our choices and, and for who we are. And we first got to have that relationship with self, learn who self is. And you know, when you get in that space, and the school does have lots of courses, we help them to get into the space of self, honoring that sacred self, being who they are. And like I said earlier, which is a very common phrase from Terry Cole Whitaker, Wayne Dyer, and that's where I got it from these other teachers, other um, uh, people in the field, where what other people think you use none of your business. And it's very, very true because people get so up in that what other people think of them. And you know what? They, no one can love you more than you love yourself. So. That's our journey to get back to ourselves, and our life would be so much easier if we did that. If wow! We, you know, I mean, I, I recently met some who worked in Gardner, who worked with me, kind man, and I had to let him go because he was not committed to. He said, "I'll be here a certain time." He never shows up a few days later. I, I told him, "Ford, you got to be there. You got to show up." And I had to let him go the other day, and he still doesn't understand why. So I, I pointed out, I don't know if he just can't hear me or. But so we've got to take time to be with ourselves to see who we are and make that commitment and then be responsible in these. So you mentioned Wayne Dyer um, and, and have you had experiences where you can see them on people who have passed? Yes, I, I actually was, uh, was fortunate enough to know Wayne very well. He's a good friend of mine. And for the years, you know, we've been the events of that together. I knew Wayne. And um, after he passed, um, um, another friend of mine, Doreen Virtue. Um, oh, yes. Angel lady, right, the angel lady. We used to be the angel lady. Um, she, was, she was living in Hawaii, and uh, I went to visit her. And Wayne had just recently passed, about three months earlier. Yeah. And his assistant, Dee Garns, wrote a book with him. And Dee also lived in Hawaii. And 
uh, Doreen asked me if I'd do a reading for her. And um, sure enough, Wayne came right through. She's the one that discovered his body, actually. Oh, wow. Him. And it was a great reading. It was a great message. And he, he really, he's, it's like he didn't stop. He just went from one phase to another. And he's still um, inspiring people where he's at. And he's uh, around his family a lot. He's, that's a very good message for his family and for, for you know, the publisher of his books. Yeah. Wow, that is so neat. That is so, wow, you live a blessed life. I'll tell you, to to actually see Wayne Dyer and Debbie Ford, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. That in itself would make me want to be a medium, I mean, right now. I brought um, through a lot of celebrities, too. I brought through Roger Hammerstein. I brought through Marx Brothers. I brought through Ben Franklin. I brought through Lincoln, Kennedy, who else? Uh, Mal Monroe. Um Gosh, a lot of different people I brought through. Um, gosh, who was the other one? Some, some interesting people. Um, lots of different celebrities. West, a lot of different people. A lot of different people. I worked with Shirley MacLaine here, bringing through a lot. Frank Sinatra's come through. Oh my um, gosh. Um, Sammy Davis Jr. has come through. So I had a lot of different. You know, I do work with a lot of celebrities and, and a celebrity on the side. I work with a lot of different leaders of the world and different things. So I get a lot of, a lot of interesting people come through. But this is very interesting. The personality they have here on the earth. Lucille Ball said this to me. I was in my garden, which is right after she passed over, about five months afterwards. And I didn't know her personally, but I of course loved her show and her humor. And she came to my, I was in a rose garden, a rose garden that had a rose bush. And, and she came to me and she said, I said, Lucy, Lucy, she was, yes. She said, um, I'm not what people made me to be. She goes, they made me that way. Just, I just came back to heal people with my humor, but they made me this thing. I thought that's really interesting. Wow. And when Marilyn Monroe came through, I was doing a reading for um, uh, Lee Strasberg's daughter, who was writing a, a book about, she was roommates with Marilyn in the early days. And Marilyn came through at the end of the reading, it was the very end of the reading. And Norma, she, my name is Norma, and we knew her. And all she said was, and she gave personal details and evidence to, to this, this, this woman, Susan. And she said, um, I wish they, in the public, would pay homage to themselves instead of to me. Mm. Is that interesting? Wow, that is so wonderful. And Prince Diana's come through me, and she said, um, so I was supposed to do a reading with her before she passed. And she came through and said, I had the choice to stay on the earth or be with them or, or be here. The spirit world, and she said, I knew I could help my children more from the spirit side of life. So that's why I chose to be here. Oh my goodness. And she's done a fantastic job. I mean, you really see it, don't you, with Kate? Someone's like, wow, an embodiment of Diana. And yeah, oh. you, see that, you see that she's done a great, great job of those. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And those kids are even so privileged. They they haven't had an easy time. They haven't had an easy time. They're pretty, I think they're pretty down to earth. I, I really feel that they're pretty much down to earth. So. Wow. Listen, we're almost out of time and I so enjoyed this, but I want to, I want to see if maybe there is a holiday message that you can share with the audience for the upcoming Thanksgiving and Christmas holidays. Sure. A message. Sure. Um, let me just think of one. Let me, let me just think of one. Here. <laughs> uh, number one, that they're not alone, that your loved ones are with you always, especially at the holidays, light a candle for them. And realize they come closer to you during the holidays than other times because they come to family reunions and they join you in that connection with them. So remember, you're always connected, but especially during the holidays, you know, set up a place at the table for them, light a candle, sit quietly and let them come to you and ask them to come into your, to your mind and to bring a thought um, because 
they will do that. So just be open-minded and receive from that. Especially during the holidays, you're not, you're not alone. They're all, they're all around you at that time. Light a candle. And you, you don't know, have to miss them because they're there. They're right there. If they're right next to you. They're, they're always there. And Ooh, I chills down my back. That's because you know it's true. That's your, your validation. So mine is, uh, I get very emotional. It's like crying. That's my validation. People different validation when they touch by spirit. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. This has been a true pleasure. I can't thank, thank you. you enough. And thank you for being the cover of Law of Attraction magazine. And thank this, you for having me. <laughs> oh, I love it. And come back to Palm Springs. Okay. We love you this area. We can feel your vibes here. <laughs> thank you so much. You're welcome, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com and have a great week.